thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. This episode is brought to you by Forethought. With customer expectations higher than ever, that clunky chatbot isn't cutting it anymore. Forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI that understands your customer's sentiment and intent. Now you can empower customers to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI-powered platform. It's time to think outside the box. Learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai backslash CX Chronicles. Hey folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We are thrilled to have each and every one of you guys tuning in every week, listening and learning from amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world. If you'd like to learn more about how CX Chronicles can help your business, then check out some of the work that we're doing with amazing customers across the world, offering our fractional CXO managed services. We've been helping with customer experience and customer success, team building and scaling. We've been doing customer experience and employee experience scorecards. We've had an incredible time building customer journey maps and living playbooks for some incredible companies across the world. If you need extra customer experience and customer success support and leadership in your business, then reach out to cxchronicles.com today. We would be thrilled to connect with you and learn more about how your business is tackling the four CX pillars. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. Super excited, guys. Today we have another, um, another incredible individual who spends much of his time meeting with all sorts of incredible customer-focused business leaders, CX leaders, CS leaders from across the world. Today, we have the CX goalkeeper with us. Greg, why don't you say hello to the CX Nation? Thank you very much, Edron. It's a great pleasure to be on your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, really delighted tonight to be here and discuss with Edron about customer experience. That's what I really love to do. A hundred percent. So guys, recently we had the pleasure of chatting with Greg on, on his podcast, the CX Goalkeeper podcast. And, and honestly, guys, it's so interesting, so helpful to hear from other individuals who have tons of these conversations with other CX and CS leaders, other people that are focused on the customer centricity and, and just general customer focused business leader world. So Greg, I'm excited to kind of have you share your story with us today. And, 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 and I'm excited to kind of have you talk with the CX Nation about some of the things that you've been um, able to, to, to do over your career and through your own journey. Why don't we start off today's show? Why don't you take a couple of minutes before we get into the four CX pillars? To set the stage, Greg, why don't you give people um, the high-level story for how did you get into this whole space? How did you become the CX goalkeeper? Sure, happy to do that. But first of all, I want really to say thank you because I, I really love to be part of the CX community because exactly what we are doing. You are a podcaster, I am a podcaster, but we are helping each other because we want to spread the word of mouth. We want to help others to grow. It's not we are competitors and therefore we, don't, we do not exchange information. <laughs> 
as in other industries or in other disciplines, we are here to help each other and we are here to help your audience. And therefore, extremely happy that you invited me. Absolutely. My name is Greg, the CX goalkeeper. Why CX goalkeeper? Perhaps for the people watching to the video and not only listening to the podcast, I have a soccer pitch in the background because these are my two passions, customer experience and soccer. And yes, I have really the great pleasure to work in the space where is also my passion. And this is customer experience. Um, as you listen from, from my accent, I, am, grew, I grew up in the southern part of Switzerland. My mother tongue is Italian, but I think we can understand each other very, very well. And then I came to Zurich, Switzerland to study, and I started my career at Accenture, big consulting firms, I think also in America, very well known. After four years there, I moved into a credit card issuer, and also at this credit card issuer, the customer were always at the center because, you know, call center, customer calling us for different requests, doing projects for them, and therefore I was always focused on the customer. And in the last few years, I had the pleasure to really work to transform a customer service from a cost center into a customer-centric value-generating engine. And we did that, and it was re really uh, successful. But as you know, quite a lot of change on the C-suite, and therefore I decided to move to my other experience. I'm now working since six months in an hospital, and there I'm leading the business transformation. And when I'm saying the word transformation, I always add customer-centric transformation. In an hospital, we are speaking about patients and employees. Uh, on, the, on the other side, the CX goalkeeper, this is my passion. This is what I'm doing. But at the end, let's think about the role of, C of a CX professional. And as a goalkeeper, you are in the backward. You are helping the team. You watch, you see the field, and you are trying to help creating amazing experiences. And this is what, what I am doing. I am here to, to spread the word of mouth, to help. And let's add one example, if you allow me, thinking about fans in soccer. Fans in soccer are emotionally involved. They are buying tickets. They are buying merchandise. And they are really there to spread the word of mouth. Let's think about uh, if your preferred team lost the match, you find ways to support them. You find ways and excuses. Yes, but they play well, but they're lost. And the next time they will Absolutely. win. Ladies and gentlemen, think about businesses where customer, after a bad experience, experience spread a positive word of mouth yep. <laughs> there is no industry or not so many industry i think for we can have three to four companies thinking about them where we have really fans of these companies and i think from soccer we can learn quite a lot and i hope that i can share that with your uh, audience tonight i so great number one i absolutely love it number two for for some of our listeners the first the first time I met Greg, I think him and I, we, we became immediately friends for, for two reasons. We both shared these similar passions of customer experience, customer success, customer centricity thinking, and just generally helping businesses to think about how they can improve their entire customer and employee engagement game, right? One of the, one of the most fun parts of any business. But number two, it's the football piece. It's the soccer piece, right? I, 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 I have to share with folks, um, I, I was joking with Greg um, last week that you know, soccer is is one of the most incredible um, sports metaphors or sports comparatives to business, right? And I and I know for a lot of the folks 
that listen to this show weekly, Greg, they're constantly hearing me talking about moving the ball around, understanding the different areas of the pitch, understanding whether we're playing offense, defense, midfield. So I absolutely love that we have the CX goalkeeper. And then selfishly, Greg, I don't even know if I told you this the other day, I grew up playing goalkeeper. So that was literally my position in soccer the whole time I was a kid growing up. So I'm pumped to have you here today, man. And I'm pumped to, um, to kind of be listening to, to learning to your story, but also love the way that you think about the four CX pillars, Greg. So I'd love to jump into the first of the CX pillars team. So you've set the stage, you've been able to work at all these incredible businesses today. Now you get to work with a number of different customer focused business leaders. Why don't you take a couple minutes, Greg, tell us, tell us a little bit about a little bit about some of the different things that you've been able to learn along your own journey that you've seen either past companies or some of your, some of your current customers or your current teammates talk about team, spend a few minutes talking about a few of the lessons that you've learned along your own journey around team uh, building and team management and team leadership. More than happy. First of all, we are sharing something additional because I was also a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a great position, my friend. Exactly. And, uh, and thank you for asking um, as first speaking about teams because teams are you are a group of human beings. And I think human beings is, is the key of everything. Um, I always share the same story. I start with a business issue that should be known also to your audience. And then uh, we can discuss what is happening in soccer and how they are ending that. And I start with a really simple example. I want to contact a company. We are trying to contact the customer service. If I phone them, then I contact the customer service and I get it. I get treated in one way. If I write to them an email, back office is trying to answering my question and they are treating me differently because they are sitting in another department. And if I'm writing to them uh, through social media, often social media sits uh, with, the, with the marketing department because yep. it's something fancy and I get treated in another way. And by the way, I'm complaining because something is not, it's not working and they are trying to sell me something because their target <laughs> is to sell stuff. Yep, yep. Can you empathize with what I'm saying? Absolutely, man, 100%. Every one of us has had an experience like that, Greg. Exactly. And basically what I want to share is what we can learn from soccer based on this issue. And let's think about the soccer team as exactly what I mentioned, three different departments. The defender with their targets, for example, let's say defenders are customer service, they need to decrease cost. Therefore, they need to answer the call as quick as possible and to get you out of the line as quick as possible. The midfield are marketing colleagues. They need to sell you something. And then the strikers are another department, the IT department, but it's, it's enough to make the example. And everybody's focused on their targets. Yep. Now, the defend, yep. let's, let's give to the defenders their target. They need to stop as many balls as possible. And they are, if they get this target, they will focus only on that. Yep. We, if we give them to the midfield players, the target to run as many kilometers or as many miles as possible, they will run around the 90 minutes of the game. Yep. They will achieve their goal, but they won't achieve their common goals. And therefore, we need to give to these teams the same targets, serving the customer in the best possible way, creating a successful customer outcome. And if we give to all of them the same targets, they will achieve something. Yep. And therefore, for me, it's extremely important. What we learn, the first thing that we learn from soccer, give to the uh, to all the different employees in the company different targets, but one common target. They need to know what is the end goal. And the end goal in soccer is to win the game, score more goals than the others, 
And the same thing, it's for companies. Explain to them what they need to achieve. If you will give me some additional, a bit more time, let's let's continue speaking about human beings. Now they are playing, they are trying to, to, to win the game. They are on the field and they start playing. And they see that, for example, they cannot go through the left because the, the defenders from the other team are very good. But compared to, to a contact center, in the script, in the policies yep. that yep. they received, they are saying, you need to go to the left. And they are always trying to go to the left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Team players, yeah. teammates can imp use improvisation and they can go to the middle or to, to the left. Think about now a team player that take out from the pocket the rule and goes to the coach and ask, dear coach, may I please go through the left, to, to the right or to the middle instead of going to the left? In the meantime, the other team already scored one or two goals. Yep. And therefore, for me, extremely important is Yes, we have our people, we have regulation, we need to, to comply some rules, speaking about compliance, generic yep. rules, but we need to empower teams to achieve this goal, to score goals, to win the games, to, and therefore we need to empower them to improvise, to find ways to serve the customer in the best possible way. And I think these are two extremely important uh, learnings from soccer that we can apply in companies related to the topic teams. I love it. So Greg, a, a couple of different things to unpack here, man. Number one, awesome, awesome example. I think the first thing that you make me think about, and it's crazy, it's crazy that in this day and age with all of the, the abundance of information and content and thought leaders and all of this incredible information that's out there on the internet for us to be able to find, you would think that it would almost go without being said that <laughs> two things number one clarity direction goal setting missions right all of these different these different terms for how do you get a bunch of awesome smart people with different expertise areas right different areas of focus different different backgrounds how do you get them rowing the boat in the same direction right and when you, you're right when you bring it back to soccer it's pretty simple whether you're offense midfield defense goalie the bottom line is you're trying to win the football match you're trying to win the game period that's what you're trying to do in business, that's not always the case. Um, number one, we've got different leaders in sales and marketing and customer success and different product leaders, and then and then you've got all um, you know you've got everybody sort of reporting up to your CEO or your founders, your your, your chief executives. But not every company, and certainly not every executive leadership team, is good at making it really really clear what that goal is that's equivalent to winning the game, right? As a, as a team, as a club, um, as a fan base. And I think it's super important to call out that for any team building exercise or for any customer-focused business leader trying to get a little bit ahead or trying to gain a competitive advantage, if you haven't taken time to really make sure that everybody in the stadium or everyone on your team or everyone on your bench understands why everyone's showing up every single solitary day. What are the mission? What are the values? What are the goals? Why are we here? What's the, you know, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of showing up here? That's one of the easiest places to start guys, right? It's one of the easiest places that you can start. Here's the other thing for people like me and you, Greg, before we can start cracking into the woodwork and understanding all the details and all the granularities of how to build incredible customer experience or how to provide world-class customer success. If we, if we start asking questions and we don't understand what the goal is or what the missions are, what the value drivers are, well, then we already know what some of our first calls to action are, right? We're going to start working with the executive leadership team on those parts right there. There's one, one other part, though, that you called out, Greg, that I absolutely love. 
in today's world, more than ever before, with the rise of remote work and with the rise of hybrid working environments, every single solitary one of us guys is in this new world of, of, of minimally hybrid, right? Some of us have gone back to the office and some of us are getting back to where we used to be before the pandemic. The reality is the world's changed forever. You're crazy if you don't think so. It is what it is, right? And, and I think now more than ever, having the ability to create that clarity and to create that goal or that mission or that, that, that core value driver it's going to be imperative because it's paramount, right? People, every single person on the team, to Greg's point, needs to understand why they're showing up to the pitch that day and what the what are some of the activities that are going to equal the win, right? So I, I absolutely love that, Greg. A number of, of really, really good ideas right there. Um, Greg, what about the second CX pillar of tools? So we talked about leadership. We talked about some of the teams. We talked about goal setting and directions. I'd love to hear you talk for a few minutes about the second pillar of tools. How has, in your personal journey, Greg, how have tools, and then I really want to hear, I want to hear the comparative of how we bring this back to, to soccer, but I'd love to hear you spend a couple of minutes talking about tools. What are some of the things that you've seen along your own journey that some of the best teams or some of the best businesses that you've been able to work with, how have they thought about tools and how have they leveraged tools to make an incredible customer experience or to make sure that they're driving uh, really, really excellent customer success for their, for their customers and, and for, for, for their business. Um, Adrian, as you appreci appreciated my first answer, then I will structure the, the, the second answer in the same way. Let's excellent. start with, 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 the, with the business issues. Okay. Perhaps, and please tell me if you can relate also to that. Um, I am. I worked quite a lot in customer service. Therefore, let's focus again on, on customer service. And um, one big project goes live, new product launch, and then go live. Then the first customer start calling, and the agent on the other side has no idea what's happened. What's the product? And then the leader of the customer service asks marketing, and marketing said. Ooh, we forgot to inform your employees. Mm. We forgot to update uh, your knowledge management. Or, for example, um, the employee starts in the morning to, to the tools and they forgot to up update one of them without the relevant information. Or IT show up in the morning and say, oh, we need to life cycle this tool. And you yep. say, sorry, we are using it. We are seven screen open at the moment, yes. seven tools, yeah. seven different tools. We are yep. trying to manage them. And now you tell me that you need to quickly upgrade over lunch for one hour this tool that we are using every day, every minute. Yep. It's something that you can relate to. Oh, yeah. It's happened to, it has been, happened to me multiple times, Craig. <laughs> exactly. And now let's think in soccer. <laughs> and I think if you want to win one match, you can work like that. Yep. You can try with some tactics to win one match. But if you want to win the championship, and I think in uh, in December, we will uh, we will have also the Soccer World Championship. <laughs> USA is participating, therefore Absolutely. Also are also interested. There, there is a clear strategy. The teams are training, preparing, understanding everything throughout the complete preparation time in order to score and to win during this tournament. And also there, I think in customer experience, it's often, and we have the high-level strategy, yep. customer experience strategies, and you have a roadmap. What it's missing in, in between, I name it customer service architecture. It's an overview, a blueprint of 
all the tools that you are using in customer service, that companies use in customer service. So that if somebody shows up and says, we will introduce a new product, you say, okay, on my overview, it means you need to update the CRM, you need to update the knowledge management, and you need to update this tool. There you see all your functional components. And every time that you change something within the department or somebody outside of the department influence what you are doing with a new product, with the life cycle, you have the clear overview of your strengths and of your weaknesses. If, uh, let's say, a C-suite comes to you and say, let's introduce a new tool. This is an outstanding tool. Yesterday evening, I I had a dinner with uh, with this company and they told me this is the best tool. You can say, Yes, we could introduce that. But if you look on this uh, customer service architecture overview, we already have a knowledge management tool or a workforce management tool. Why introducing a new one? Let's improve this. And I think this is the key to really have a clear architectural overview of all the tools that you are using, that companies are using, and leverage them. If you have this clarity, you know where, where the weaknesses are, yeah. when uh, you need to lifecycle a tool, where are, where are your data sitting? Let's do, we, know, we are not going to discuss about big data and all this stuff, but companies need to first know where the data are sitting before they can do artificial intelligence and all this stuff. Yeah. And therefore, I think the key is to have this structure, to prepare, to strategize if you want really to win the championship. If you want to win one match, you can continue working like a lot of companies are working. But if you really want to stand out from the crowd, then you need something like that. I love it. I think, you know, Greg, I I, I want, I think for our listeners, man, I, I wonder sometimes if people realize what maybe the next year, maybe two years, hopefully not three, but maybe three years and beyond, five years beyond, Things are about to get a little bit more different, right? Things are a lot about to get a lot more difficult for SaaS companies out there, number one. But number two, every executive leadership team on the planet, if they haven't already, is going to be taking a serious look at not just their teams, guys, but they're going to be taking a look at their tools and their software and some of the some of the solutions that have been helping to drive maybe the front of house and the back of house magic too, right? By, by the way, Craig, it's going to be both. It's going to be front of house and back of house. But the reality is, you know, there's going to be um, a major cleansing, I think, over the next year or two. We are, everyone's seeing what's going on with the global markets. Everyone's seeing what's going on with all these different economic signals that show that, hey, this might be the first time in a very long time. We're not, we're, it's not going to be easy to be a business person. It's not going to be easy to be a business founder or an entrepreneur or an executive, right? We're, for, the, for the first time, we're going to have you know, some challenging markets in front of us. And people are crazy if they don't think that, um, executive teams everywhere are going to be taking a look at every single piece of technology. They're going to be understanding its utilization rate. They're going to be understanding its uh, its its projected value, both internally and externally. They're going to be doing a tremendous amount of the R, exactly the number, the ROI projections, Greg, does this or does this not make us money or does it or does it not save us a tremendous amount of money? And if the answer isn't a definitive yes to each one of those camps, Guys, there's going to be changes coming, right? So I, th- I love Greg what you're what you're saying here. I think it's it's an awesome idea for 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 some of our listeners to be thinking about. But here's another part, and I want to make sure that I call this out. And we do talk about this all the time on the on the show, but I think it's so important. Greg's point about context mitigation. It's one of the easiest ways that you can really truly number one 
take charge of your budget as a CX and a CS leader, right? Because your executive teams are going to be coming to you guys asking where and how and when and why you can start slimming some things down. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But then the other piece too, is just from a general customer experience and an employee experience perspective. Um, when typically, when you talk to businesses who have one or two tools, most people are completely trained, familiar, comfortable, confident with the one or the two tools. Not only that, the customers feel that confidence. They feel that smoothness. They feel that operational intuitiveness. You're already starting to kind of um, support both sides here, guys, the CX side and the EX side. The other thing too is just, again, I think um, you mentioned like some of the process side and we're going to get into process a little bit deeper here, Greg, but like, man, most folks, um, when you when you use your example of like having seven, eight, nine, ten 10 different tabs open just to do your day-to-day, that's part of the consternation and that's part of the friction that we're constantly reading about and hearing about and learning about when you think about things like the great resignation or the big talent migration that's happening right now with people moving from one job to another. That's part of it, guys. That's literally part of what makes people either really love showing up every single day and, and, and working with your toolkit, or it's over time, it becomes one of the things that makes a lot of professionals say, you know what? I'm good on this. I might want to go try to find an employer who maybe wants me to become a master of a few different tools that I can really show up and feel great about. So I love some of these ideas. I think major takeaway for our listener, spend time thinking about your own toolkit assessment, and then certainly spend time working with your team to think about some of the likes, some of the dislikes, some of the areas that are right for optimization inside of your toolkit. Because I, I can almost promise you guys, it's going to be asked by your executive leadership team at, at any time now anyway, if they haven't done so already. Um, uh, let me add one thing because please, yeah. I think what you're saying is extremely important. And the the, the, the example that uh, qu- quickly to share that yep. you can create the most fancy tool for your customer. Your customer will have the best possible app. They can contact you through 200,000 different channels because yep. that will be the future perhaps. Sure. And, and on the other side, the employees is struggling with five, six, seven, eight, 15 different tools. And therefore, it's extremely important. If you create an amazing experience for your customer, do not forget that on your side, you have the employees that need to serve this customer. And if they don't have the right tools, the amazing tools, they will be slow. They will make mistakes. They won't create the amazing experience. And you will then have an issue with the customers. 100%, man. It's that, Greg, it's that constant balance and triangulation of CX and EX and what's best for your customers, making sure that it almost simultaneously is able to kind of be best for your employees. It's, and I know it's hard, guys, but like that's part of the balance. That's part of that magic or that alchemy that, that us CX and us CS leaders are being asked to think about for our businesses and to think about for our teams and to think about our customer bases every single solitary day. So I'd love that you called that out. Greg, I'd love to dive into the third CX pillar of process. Um, process is a fun one, man. I, I, a lot of guests talk about how process is almost like the glue of the four pillars, or they talk about it as being like the conduit between the three, the three, the three pillars. I'd love to hear how you think about process, man. Spend a couple minutes talking about um, how process. Um, number one, how you've kind of seen it work really, really well in some businesses. And I'd love to, sh- I'd love for you to share some stories around um, maybe even how process finds its way back into, into, into an elite championship soccer team, right? I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to keep running with this idea of how we can give people ideas for sort of the dynamic and the similarity between these worlds. Uh, you know, yes, I have a good example also with, with soccer, but in this case, because you have a lot of different ex- episodes and you had already a lot of thought leaders, what I want to share, it's 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 a super simple um, 
tool that you can use and you can leverage. And again, facing nowadays also the issue that we often seek professional apps or in the digitalization. You speak, we discuss, you discuss with other people in the company and they always say, yes, but you are coming and you want to automate my processes. And I always <laughs> say, no, I don't want to automate your, your processes. I want to let's say, simplify your life, make your life easier, or help creating this amazing uh, customer experience. Uh, the tool that I'm sharing with you, it's not mine. It's, um, it's, um, it's, it's really great. It's the value irritant matrix. It's not me creating that, but it's coming from one of the first, the first VP of, uh, of customer service at Amazon. And, and it's, it's really outstanding. Let's think about a simple matrix where you analyze a process from two different points of view. The first one is, is this process, this interaction irritating for the customer or creates value for the customer? Yeah. And the second question that you need to ask is, is this process, this interaction irritating or creates value for the company? And I go quickly through these this four different um, uh, options. Options number one, if it's create value for the customer and create value for the company, then you should leverage that. Yep. Let's make an example. The, the customer is calling you and say, I want to cancel my subscriptions because I don't read the newspaper. I read the newspaper only online. Then yep. you can leverage. You can create value for the customer. You can empathize with the customer and therefore their technology can support. But important is that two human beings speak together and you can create value for the customer. Yep. Let, let's go to the second example to, to make that understandable. The second example is um, if the process is irritating for the customer, but create value for the company. Often we are speaking about this compliance processes in the yep. financial services. We need to ensure that Adrian, you are still living where you are living. And this is a mandatory, it's a regulation. Each three months, each six months, I don't yep. know the, the regulation in the USA. This is something that irritates you, but it's required by the company. It creates value for the company because if they are not doing that, they need to close the relationship with you. Yep. And therefore that it's extremely important to simplify as much as possible this interaction with you to make it as seamless, as easy, as comfortable for you that you can, for example, only with one click confirm that done and created. Yep. Let, let's go to the third example. When it's irritating for the customer and it's irritating for the company, let's elim eliminate it. And this is the example of all the complaints that companies are getting. What I always see is you complain, I try to find a solution for you, and I give you a 50 bucks voucher that you are happy. The next customer will complain for exactly the same process. And there you need to fix the basics because you don't want to have the complaints again and again. It means this issue, this interaction, you need to completely eliminate. You don't need to automate. You need to eliminate this interaction because it doesn't bring value. The last one, and then I stop again, it's if it brings value for the customer, but it's irritating for the, for the company, then there you can automate. Example, I forgot my personal identification number of my credit card. I need to call, uh, to call the company. 
It's a lot of cost for the company. It's great value for me, but it's not generating value for, for the company for this interaction. For sure, then the customer will use the card and therefore you will get value later. But for this specific interaction, it's only irritating because it's one click that the, the, the employee needs to perform in the system to unblock the card. And then it's extremely important to automate. And therefore, for me, the key is really Let's try to understand from an holistic point of view, the processes, the interaction, if you want to automate, if you want to leverage, if you want to simplify, or if you want to eliminate some, process, some processes and some interactions. And I think this is really, really key. The name of the guy creating this value irritant matrix is Bill Price, very well known. He wrote also an outstanding book and I really enjoyed uh, to find out this, this tool because you can use it in every industry. That's uh, Greg. It's an awesome, awesome call. And I, I love the different examples. And guys, we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes so people can find it. But what a what a good point, Greg. It's this idea of, and it's simple. Let's keep it really, really simple. Understanding what the consternation points are, whether it's consternation across your customer base, whether it's consternation across your employee base, but then more importantly, thinking about once you understand some of these consternation variables and you understand what really kind of drives people pay crazy or even the friction points, Greg, right? A lot of, a lot of different customer-focused business leaders, they might call these their, their, their friction points. And really beginning to understand internally how you can think about immediate solutioning, right? Whether it's an, a, a full-blown fix, whether it's thinking about creating automatic, automated paths forward, or whether it's thinking about elimination. I love that. Elimination, like what things can we just get rid of? What things, to talk about keeping it simple, Get good at getting rid of the garbage. Call it what I, I know that we talk about this all the time, Craig, with some of our customers at CXC, but like call it out when they're when you're finding different parts of a customer journey, different parts of an employee journey, different parts of your product journey that are garbage, call them out, flag them, and eliminate them. Get rid of them because it's so common, Greg, for incredibly smart, hardworking individuals to keep trying to fix garbage and repair garbage and do 30 minute meetings about garbage with a bunch of other smart people. Here's the best way of doing that. Eliminate the garbage, get rid of it, throw it in the waste, in the waste basket. Um, give it red cards, Greg, right? Get, give it the red card and get rid of it all, all day long. But I think awesome idea. I think the other thing too, is just like as a customer focused business leader in your business or in, in, in your team, leading your team, I'll tell you, Greg, and, and feel free to add on to this, but like part of being a leader and part of making some of these tough calls or part of being uh, having your hands kind of tucked into the playbook or tucked into the budget or tucked into some of the difficult decisions, that's going to be what continues to allow you to really kind of propel up up the corporate ladder or up a given business's ladder. But the other thing too is talk about make, making these difficult decisions. This is where you're driving value for your business. This is where you're, you're providing value to your team. And this is frankly where you're either creating an environment and a, and a business where people want to be and they're excited to work on it because they know that um, you're going to be eliminating and you're going to be removing or you're going to be smoothing some of these things. I'll tell you, everybody on this, everybody that's listening to this podcast right now knows when you're in the other type of environment, an environment where you're constantly flagging, you're constantly finding these different areas that are ripe for disruption or ripe for automation or ripe for elimination and nobody does a damn thing. Those are businesses that aren't fun to be a part of. Those are teams that after a while, it's just not fun anymore. And then the, that's typically one of the main areas where people start to look elsewhere. People start to look at other companies. They look for other leaders. They look for maybe even internally, right, Greg, with some of these big companies that, that you and I were talking about the other day. This is where you start to see movement internally. You have people that are kind of going to a different leaders team just because 
they've sort of exhausted what they've seen in, in, in their current camp. So I love those ideas. Those are fantastic ideas. You, you, you mentioned that. And only the last thing, what you are you said is perfect. I don't need to add anything. But exactly what you're saying. Now people are working remote, working from home. Yeah. And therefore, uh, the connection to your employer is it's not the same as you are every day going. Totally agree. I am not saying that you need to go every day, but the companies need to understand that the cost to change for an employee decreased dramatically because at the end it's a new laptop and you can start working from home. Yep. And that's done. And therefore, yep. I think what you are saying, it totally makes sense. And nowadays it's even more important. 100% agree, man. Greg, I'd love to, I'd love to dive into the fourth and the final CX pillar of feedback. And I'm excited to hear, hear, hear uh, some of your ideas in this, but spend a few minutes just talking about with your own journey, man, with your own, with your own journey in terms of thinking about this space for a very long time and working with a bunch of different teams and, and customers and different companies, what have been some of the best things that you've really kind of seen um, around customer feedback? And then I'd love for you to kind of spend, you know, a minute talking about uh, some of the best things that you've seen companies do to make sure that they not only collect, but they act upon employee feedback as well. Spend a few minutes talking about feedback. Uh, it's great. Uh, perhaps you can remember that I mentioned somebody from the C-suite taking the decision to implement one technology yep. in, uh, when we were speaking about tools. The same guys goes into a steering committee that's okay. always where the most important people <laughs> are sitting. Yeah, and yeah. He, he is the hippo, the highest paid person opinion. It <laughs> means he said, I want you to implement that. You need to implement this tool. Without thinking about what customer needs are, what employee needs are, or what's it's happening in the company. But the, I need to, to really to implement this one because I have a good connection with this guy. If I help him, he will help me in future. And I think this is uh, often the mistake that we as companies are doing. We listen to the highest paid person opinion instead to listen to the feedback of our customer, of our employees, and perhaps also from the processes. Let me again use uh, soccer as an example. The teammate is there and we are playing together on the field and you give me feed feedback. Please pay attention, somebody's coming from the left, somebody's coming from the right and watch behind you. Then on the other side, also the customer, the fans in the stadium are giving feedback. Hey, goal, do that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or boo, boo, boo. You get feedback from your customer and you understand, we are, are we playing well? Are we not playing well? Are we playing in a smart way and not in a smart way? And on the other side, you get feedback from the game because you see your competitors, they are also trying to win the game and you see perhaps they are stronger on the left side and therefore you go on the right side yep, or yep. they are not so good with uh, uh, playing with, uh, with the head and therefore they, they, you, try, you, you try that. And I think this is the key. You need really to focus on the voice of the employees, on the voice of the processes in business languages or in soccer languages, voice of the game and on the voice of the customer to find the best way to achieve the successful customer outcome. And also there, it's extremely important. Let's start from the journeys. What are the biggest uh, pain points for, from our customer? Then watch on the processes that we already discussed, and then watch on the technology. And you start from the top going down. Leveraging all these different feedback, you can really create something outstanding because then you have all the relevant feedback from the different parts that 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 you need 
I love it, Greg. I think you it's spot on, man. Super well said. And it, it, it's right. It's like this, uh, the, the one, the only thing I have to follow up on this is like this notion of paying attention to your voice of customer, your voice of employee, your voice of product, your voice of process. That's it right there, man. It's a, and then it's, and again, for our listeners, if you don't have any of those things built, that's your starting point. Just even understanding on a simple start, how you can begin unpacking those different areas. Let, let, let me please add something. Because there, I think there are a lot of companies that they have really, I use the word intelligent voice of the customer solution, mm -hmm. but they are filtering the feedback. It's good feedback. I share only the good feedback. I share only the bad feedback. A, a team player, a soccer player is on the field. He gets direct, unfiltered feedback, real yep. time. Yep. If we could be able to do something like that yep. to provide direct feedback unfiltered to the to the employees they understand what's happening outside because yep. now they are getting only some part you get only the feedback from this customer and not from that customer not from the social media because it's not still integrated not from the products because this is something that you don't you, sh you shouldn't care this is something for the marketing unfiltered direct feedback that's what the employees need I love it. Greg, before uh, before we wrap up today's episode, my friend, uh, I have to ask you, and I told you I was going to ask this, what club are you rooting for? What what is So all of these soccer analogies and all of these wonderful different football uh, stories, who's your club? Who's your club? But Who are you rooting for? I, I am 100% sure that you already checked it because you saw the, the, <laughs> the two colors, red and the black is AC Milan. And this year, extremely happy because we won the championship it's 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 again my wife cannot understand because i'm so happy why i bought the new t-shirt the latest t-shirt and so on but that's the reality it's I, it's it's the mo they are moving my emotion i'm emotionally committed <laughs> and i will stay with them forever I, okay. and this is what 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 companies is are dreaming on of I, I, I love it. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think, as I told you the other day, Greg, my, 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 my dad might not be so happy to hear that because he's a, one of the biggest Inter Milan fans that I, that I know personally, but I love it, man. Greg, look, before we wrap up, number one, awesome, awesome, um, awesome stories, awesome ideas, so many different calls to action for our listeners today. I really do appreciate you coming on and joining the CX Chronicles podcast, but where can folks find out more about you, sir? Where can people uh, reach out to you and where can people learn more about the CX Goalkeeper podcast and all the awesome work that you're doing? Thank you very much. LinkedIn, I am there every day. I think we can share in the show notes my, my LinkedIn link. If you are interested in what I'm doing, www.cxgoalkeeper.com. And if you add a slash and podcast, then you will find my podcast. I am on all the different platforms, the well-known platforms, Apple, uh, uh, iTunes, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, and all this one, you will find me writing CX Goalkeeper. I love it. Well, Greg, it's been our absolute pleasure having you on the show, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to look forward to keeping our conversation moving forward offline, my friend. 100% sure. Thank you very much to you and to your audience. It was really outstanding and such a great discussion. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning into customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website. And as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, 
Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.